It is a blessing and a privilege to be able to celebrate the risen Savior with you today. What might feel an hour earlier to you than, than normal? Thank you for for uh, uh, rummaging through, changing the clocks, letting your smartphones change for you, or whatever exists in that way. But thank you for being here. Many many blessings taking place. I. I Many announcements as well. I want to make sure that you're aware this coming Friday is St. Patrick's Day. And St. Patrick's Day, we're going to have a very special gathering. One gathering at 4 o'clock and one again at 6 to kind of balance things out for work schedules or not. But a dinner time for us to have a St. Patrick's feast. There's a sign-up list in the narthex if you're interested in helping out in any way, but please make sure that you see, I'm going to say Jan Rocha if you're interested in attending, and it will be a, a blessed time of celebration and being together. Our Adam Hamilton Bible study will continue this Tuesday at 10 a.m., we will be looking at the chapter pertaining to the Holy Spirit this week as we deal through the creed, what we believe as Christians. And then also this Thursday night, we will be meeting here in the sanctuary for our Thursday night Lenten Bible study, the Gospel according to Ted Lasso. And we're going to look at the emphasis of looking at the world through childlike eyes. This week, we had a very special uh, opportunity this past Thursday as we had uh, our lesson that pertained to the usage of food and building relationships. We took our Bible study off campus and we had uh, pizza and, and conversation with multiple generations all together, and it was a quite fun evening. Um, are there any other announcements, John? chance to get that email out for others to see so that we only had one person who has come back and said the blanket call partner washer there. Uh, for those of you who have tubs, don't wash the blankets, but wash the dress. <laughs> We're still trying to collect those. It looks like we can get 20 tubs. At the moment, they're housing 10 guests. That will give us a chance at the one week mark to just trade linens with those folks and they won't have to go out and do anything about it. Put them in the tub, bring them back, and next year we'll wash them again and we'll go to them. Um, the, we have abundant towels, washcloths, sheets, pillowcases. We are good enough on pillows with what offer today and what I'm going to collect from a friend on Tuesday. The blankets actually were doing not too badly on. I went to breakfast with a bunch of veteran buddies and one of the wives later in that day delivered 10 blankets in a 50-gallon bag to me. I contacted the LDS and within minutes they had offered me 10 more and then got he touched me again and said, how many do you really need? And I'm afraid, given their enthusiasm, when they came to help clean this place up on that Wednesday, they had, we had 12 LDS people cleaning the place up. I don't want to have to open the store to sell 20 blankets. <laughs> I'm hoping to get, I think we will get the correct amount. The trustees will probably be pretty happy with me um, okay, so as I say, we've got 10 guests right now being seen. That is not a guarantee that that's what we'll end up with, but it's a pretty good idea usually. 
and we are the last and the second to the last uh, um, shelter. They generally don't start adding people in because it's too short of time. It's kind of unfair. So we can, so it could be 10 even less. And so I just want to say how well things are going. And thank you all very much. You made this job a lot easier. I am very blessed by the meetings and the conversations that John has been participating in representing our church with the Interfaith Shelter Network. John has been doing a fantastic job representing our church with the LDS Church. So, John, I want to thank you and for everyone for what you've been doing as well. Um, two more, uh, three more announcements. Following worship today at 11, we will be having our trustees meeting in the fellowship hall. And then this evening at six at four o'clock, don't come at six because I will be leaving at six o'clock. <laughs> this evening at four o'clock is our multi-generational together worship and service fellowship time. Our scripture this evening is the Good Samaritan, and we will both be constructing uh, care kits and birthday cards for our church members. And do you have an announcement? I do. And next month is Easter. Hooray, hooray. We will be having an Easter celebration here on campus. So if you feel so moved, we will be doing an Easter egg hunt here for kids of the community. Um, if you have Easter eggs and you'd like to fill them or bring things to fill Easter eggs, there's a basket in the Norfolk or my office is down the hall. And I would absolutely love donations for that. Thank you. Let's join together in, in our morning prayer. Are there any prayer requests today? Yes. My five-year-old great-grandson is having surgery on Friday. So we're And we'll just happen to be together on Friday so we can pray then too. Jan. Cindy Johnson has been with her mom in, on the Big Island in Hawaii since January. Her mom's going to hospice and hasn't been in too much pain, but she is asking for hers. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Sarah, uh, Sandra Jack's daughter is suffering from long COVID. Oh, wow. And Sandra has spent a few days with her and not doing well. Okay. Yes, ma'am. My friend Daryl is home from the hospital, but he had a drain in that he's been at for several months. Hooked up to a machine. Precious and loving God, within all these things, we ask for you to be real. Precious and loving God, within any of these moments, we ask for you to be the great shepherd. And with all these concerns, Lord, we ask for you to be the great healer. In your son's precious and loving name, we pray. Amen. <laughs>
start out with as the deer. Springs of living water did abound. 
where the thirst for righteousness is quenched. Come, let us worship in spirit and truth. And the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he was promised to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Joseph, 
Jason, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When the Samaritan woman came to, the, to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that you asked for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. The word of God for the people of God. Let's join together in prayer. Gracious and loving God, within all things and all moments and all concerns and all worries and all celebrations and joys, we thank you. We thank you for being present in places that we may not be seeking. We thank you for being present in places that may be lined with so many worries and concerns that we don't see you. But precious God, today as we celebrate a light that changes, a water that transforms, we ask that we experience it. In your son's precious and loving name I pray. Amen. The scripture this morning, this account in Jacob's well between Christ and the Samaritan woman, our scripture this evening at 4 o'clock during our together worship and service gathering, an account that we'll use that displays the actions of a Samaritan citizen seeing a need that exists in the world coexist with each other as teaching points on what it means for us to weigh out the reality that when we have everything to lose, sometimes it's the right moment to be. Both of the accounts exist within a narrative when that we find a way, a place, and an ability to set aside the necessity of having strength, power, and understanding, that true service can actually begin. I will not speak about the Good Samaritan until this evening, but let's look at the Samaritan lady at the well. I want us to think about the reality that exists and the construct of her existence that would have prohibited this conversation to take place. I want us to think about the measures of safety and self-concern that should have existed in this lady's life when she approached this well. I want us to think about every level of division that existed that should have stopped this conversation from happening. But what a deep blessing it is that this conversation took place. Let's start with the bare roots of her gender. For this Samaritan woman to have been seen at this well alone speaking to a man alone and they already laid out the reality in the scripture that well but a mental health of scripture <laughs> that David read for us this morning 
that lays out in the accounts that Christ is sitting there alone, it becomes such a necessity to point out that the disciples stepped away from this gathering to show that this was a one-on-one -on -one conversation that was about to take place. Christ was sitting there, and the disciples stepped away to get food. So Christ is there alone, and it's so important to the narrative that it is expressed that Jesus Christ is sitting there alone. This lady approaching a man at the well had so many stigmas that she would have had to deal with because of just being seen in that situation. The reality that this person could have said anything about their encounter, used any words, painted any picture that they desired, of this conversation. Her safety was not just at stake in this conversation, but as we see in other encounters that Jesus Christ had with those who knew the law, her life was at stake. We have other instances that exist within the narrative of Christ's ministry that there were those who brought a lady caught in adultery to be stoned. Christ could have painted that narrative and it was her word against his. And who would culture and society listen to? Her gender alone was a barrier, a crossroads to have this conversation. Then there adds this other level and she points it out in the conversation. Christ asked her for water. Christ asked her to fetch from the well to provide water from, for him. And her response paints a deeper view of the barriers that exist in this cultural conflict. She points out that he is a person of Jewish faith. She points out her Samaritan Heritage and who is she to fetch water for him? We don't just deal with the gender misinterpretation that Christ could have presented, but then we deal with cultural division that is so deep and divided and harmful that it again becomes a threat to her to be seen in this conversation. There's a lot of trust that exists in this. There's a lot of trust that exists in her stepping out because there is a deeper necessity that exists in this narrative that one that makes her the most important person to receive this message that Christ is gonna share. And there is an underlining necessity of her being at that well that makes it that she has no other choice but to go to the well to get water. She is the, is the gift bearer. She is the one who carries the clay jars of necessity for her community. She cannot decide to not go to this well because she has to take water back to her community. She has to take it back for cleansing. She has to take it back for cooking. She has to take it back to wash off scars and bruises and aches and pains. She has no choice but to go to the well because if she makes a decision based within her own necessity, it means that she has to walk further miles upon miles upon miles to carry water. I don't know if you were ever in sport teams when that you went to high school or going through elementary school or what have you. And when I was on the wrestling team, one of my responsibilities was to fill up the Gatorade bottles. So those big, huge Gatorade sports mix containers that we had to carry weighed drastically different before you put water in them than they did after you put water in them. 
This lady going to the well didn't carry a flower vase full of water just to take care of her own house. She had to take veil upon veil of clay jars that were filled to the level of football team sports drinks. And the immense weight of that journey would have burdened her. So we deal with this idea. She has a responsibility and a necessity as a caregiver to the community to get this water. She can't add to her journey because she's got to carry it all back. And God bless, I wouldn't do that. It was hard enough to carry it from the locker room to the benches, and that was less than the journey than this lady had to contend with. She had the necessity that she could not decide to not do this because she was the caregiver. Now let's look at this message once again within the construct of this lady being the caregiver for the community. She's the one that takes what the community needs. She's the one that provides what the community needs. She carries a gift that the community needs and Christ uses that construct and understanding to begin to lay into her path a message that is the true thing that we all need. She becomes the carrier of the gospel on this day. I want us to think a little bit about the weight and the burden that she has had to carry through her journeys as a carrier. The weight and the burden of carrying those intensely weighed down clay jars back to her community. It's an uneasy task. It's a hurtful task. I cannot imagine how sore and painful this dear person was each trip that she had to take to Jacob's well to take water back to her community. It was a heavy weight, a heavy burden that she carried and now she's hearing a message of one that wants to provide this wellspring of grace that will not only make her life easier but it will lift away the weighted burden that she carries daily. We all exist in our lives within our realms of responsibility we exist in our lives in moments that we have to make decisions that the decisions on one level are the best thing for us but then if we look at it further and deeper like this lady taking the journey to the well we need to think about it one step further because what is the easier journey for us is not the one that prepares care and comfort for so many others we weigh out ideas. We become burdened with work responsibilities that we want to change that path, but then we weigh out what that means for our entire family. We think about places that we would love to live and, and places that we would love to exist and take our families to grow and thrive. And we have to weigh out even deeper what that means, not just for our comfort, but the comfort of our entire family. We take chances as people of faith here at 1501 Kelly Street, and we go back and we do interfaith shelter. We go to Brother Benno's that I forgot to announce is meeting tomorrow at 6.15 a.m. We go to other places. We, we take chances with things like the Christ Ministry Center and the Ukraine. And those are things that become these immense burdens for us. But when we look at it in the deeper eyes that this lady traveling to the well looked at this situation through, it's not what makes us more comfortable, but it is the necessity of going through the journey that makes life better for others. And then Christ talks about what it means to make life better for others. Christ begins to lay out this narrative of this well of living water that she won't have to keep journeying to get. 
Christ begins to weigh out this narrative of this well of living water that will reach the true needs, the true desires, the true necessities for that community. And every time that I've read this, this third act of this conversation, the lazy Drew Davis gets in the way. And I think about what my response would be to Christ too. You mean you're telling me that there's water that I don't have to carry these big pots for anymore and I can take back to give to my community? You mean I don't have to fill up these big Gatorade bottles anymore and the team's going to be taken care of? And I always get to that narrative as a joke in my life, but there is a sincere reality in that joke. This lady carried a burden for her entire community, and Christ is painting out a narrative that she can set that burden aside and be the caregiver. So even the jokes of the lazy Drew Davis has a sincere Christ-based reality. There are so many burdens that we carry in the sake of necessity that Christ is asking us to set aside and the trust in Christ's living waters of grace so that we don't have to carry the burden. When we find ways that it's not just the one individual going to the well to carry the waters, there is freedom in setting that burden aside because it is a gift to the entire community. The more that the entire community is inspired and transformed and changed, we do new, magnificent, wonderful things. It's one thing to look at a ministry and say, well, so-and-so did this ministry for X amount of years, so they're not here anymore, we can't do it. Well, no, there's a blessing when a guy in the bar is, what is your shirt? Peach? What, what color is your shirt? Uh, orchid. <laughs> when a guy in a striped shirt says, you know what, I want to try to do that. That's the water spraying to the next person. We got this deal Friday night, one, once at four and once at six. And it, and it came from the body. It was the body saying, we want to do this dinner gathering. And then last Thursday night, we talked about in our Lenten Bible study what it means to sit around food and create community. We're not just going to be here Friday night to have food together and go home. It is a community building opportunity as we've learned from the actions of Christ. Having food around the table to share the Last Supper and talk about his ministry from Christ sitting at a table next to people who didn't recognize who he was until he broke the bread and then they saw his face. Food is a powerful, powerful ministry tool. But within all of these examples, within all of these examples, it becomes this narrative that the lady, the Samaritan lady walking to the well, gets to be the first to celebrate. When we begin to see the living waters flowing, we can see the living waters flowing in everyone's hearts and in everyone's being and in everyone's actions, and then we see the body of Christ grow and grow and grow, and then there comes a time that we realize that we don't have to be the hands. We can be the butt that's sitting there and resting while the body is doing the service. No one laughed at my joke. Mind you. Thank you. Or we can be another part of the body that's not so essential at that time because that's what Christ is talking about. When the waters start to spread, the living waters, the burdens can be set aside. And we can all find a place in active service and care. Whether it be on a Friday night sitting around and telling stories of our journey or a Thursday night having pizza or a Sunday night making care kids and birthday cards. Every time that we share the waters in conversation and service, we experience the freedom that this lady had. She had no choice but to experience it. She couldn't say, I wanted a different way. 
because if she did, it would have hurt so many others. But look at the blessings that we have because she did. We're sitting in this room today, thousands upon thousands of years later, talking about the living water still. And she was the first person to hear it. That voice changing lives because she took a chance. She was transformed and she carried the message. On the night in which Christ gave himself up for us, Christ shared this message of the living water in a radically different way. That Christ used the imagery of the Passover feast, a history constructed in food and celebration and culture and history to share a reality of a new well of living water that was going to spring. On the night that he took himself, that he gave himself up for us, he took the bread and he shared the bread with those around him and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. And on that evening, he took the cup and he shared the cup. He passed it to those around him and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my covenant for you, for now, for always. The springing well of living water that can never be broken. So, precious God, today as we take these gifts of bread and cup, please make them be as your body and blood for us. As you surround us with your Holy Spirit to make us be as your body for others. As we celebrate your loving grace and we proclaim the mystery of faith. That Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Precious God, take these gifts of bread and cup and help them inspire us to share the living waters with others. And in your son's precious and loving name we pray. Amen. Please receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. Let's all stand together for our closing hymn.
Jesus Christ be with you all. Also with you. Amen. Amen.